Welcome to Words That Move Me, the podcast where movers and shakers like you get the information and inspiration you need to navigate your creative career with clarity and confidence. I am your host, Dana Wilson, and I move people. I am all about the tools and techniques that empower tomorrow's leaders to make the work of their dreams and live a full life while doing it. So whether you're new to the game or transitioning to your next echelon of greatness, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, my friend. Welcome to Words That Move Me. I'm Dana. I'm stoked that you're here because I just had a very heartening and inspiring conversation with Kat Rendick, who is a longtime friend and a longtime fan of the podcast. So it was very cool to get to dig in and talk about things that really matter to both of us. Um, we talk a lot about external validation versus self-validation. We talk about how to put a price point on your programs, on your services, and on yourself without undercutting the industry or without taking advantage of your audience, your community. Uh, we also talk about why it is important to not do away with self-doubt. And we talk a lot about being sexy. So you're going to want to uh, download this episode just in advance. Just It's something, something you're going to want to keep with you. But before we dig into it, we're doing wins. Today, I am celebrating that In the Heights is the official winner of Best Action category by the Seattle Film Critics Society, and I think that is awesome. So congratulations, Christopher Scott. Thank you so much for bringing me on board to this project with my fellow associates, Eddie Torres Jr., Ebony Williams, Emilio DeSalle, Princess Serrano, and the glue that kept us together, our dance PA, Miss Megan McFerrin. Congrats to all of you. We share this win with over 280 dancers and an incredible cast. Um, also the vision of John Chu and the brilliance of Alice Brooks, our DP. Um, riveted by that. It feels very cool to be, uh, to be seen and celebrated. And I'm very excited, given that win, to talk about external validation in this episode. Um, all right, that's what's going well with me. Now you go. What's going well in your world? Hit me. Congratulations, my friend. I'm so proud of you. Please keep winning. You're crushing it. All right, now let's dig in with Kat Rendick. The way that my brain compartmentalizes Kat is a woman who was born in Chile, raised in Miami, and has danced with every artist under the sun. <laughs> I mentioned this in the episode and Kat laughs, but really, I, th I think all of those accounts are true. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but only by a little bit. I'm thrilled that Kat shares so openly with us today, and I think there's a lot to glean from this episode. I hope you enjoy. The one and only. Kat Rendick. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited. This has been a long time coming. This has been scheduled, <laughs> rescheduled, talked about, thought about. Kat Rendick, I am so glad you're here. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. I am such a fan, so I am honored honored and really happy that we can make it happen <laughs> me too i'm stoked about this and i am also really stoked about your hair it looks phenomenal <laughs> your 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 fringe is actually perfect um Thank and you. in the pre-roll pre-roll to this cat <laughs> was telling me she's cutting her hair herself these days yeah i'll tell you, you know. i have been through bouts with that <laughs> and i think curly hair is very forgiving so mm. you're able to like you know, kind of conceal the self trim. For sure. Level, well, the girl, Elise, she used to be a dancer and she's amazing, who gave me the shape it is incredible because now it's just doing its own little wave that I've never had before. So now Ooh. I can just cut it myself. It's epic. Ooh. The grow out. Bring back the shags. The shags. Bring I love back it. the shags. <laughs> um, okay. So, in addition to being a, um, a self taught 
hairstylist <laughs> slash maintenance guru. Uh, you are many, many things. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us everything you want us to know about you. All right, I'm gonna keep it short. My name is Catalina Rendich. I was born in Santiago, Chile, raised in Miami, Florida from the age of five. Um, my parents have been in the industry uh, since before I was born. And I have been residing in Los Angeles for what seems to be like 13, 14 years now. I am a dancer, I am a teacher, I am a choreographer, I am a lover, I am a woman, and I'm a creator. That is me. Yes. <laughs> yes, my friend. Bring all of that. Um, so I do now I have to ask because I had this conversation with Reshma Gudger as well. I have been pronouncing her name wrong for my whole time I've known her. And she was like, hey, guess what? I've been pronouncing my name wrong. She did not know how to pronounce her name. She was she was mis misled along with the rest of wow. her peers in the world. Um, Rendish, is that how I pronounce the so, last name? Yeah, so it's Yugoslavian, mm. uh, Croatian. So the C has like a little stick on top of it, which is pronounced C-H. But uh -huh. in high school, I remember I used to say Rendish, and then people used to write it with a C-H, and I just got over mm. it. So yeah, and Catalina I love. Catalina mm -hmm. I don't love so much. So I just went right. for cat. Cat <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for, for all of it, but thank you for the tutorial. Yay. Okay. I'm fascinated that your parents are both in, in the business, in the industry, I'm assuming like broadly entertainment. Um, what do they do? So my mother was an actress, started acting and singing when she was maybe seven. She didn't even finish mm -hmm. elementary school and she was touring my mm -hmm. grandfather is an actor as well. So started there on my mother's side. And then she was a really famous showwoman in Chile, singer, actress, comedian, just all the things. Um, and then my father was a TV director, uh, worked in publicity, and then started just directing commercials, et cetera. They met. We moved to Miami because my mom was no longer um, acting or dancing. She wanted to just kind of make a switch. So she switched mm -hmm. to being a producer. <laughs> so she produced for Univision at the same time they decided to open up a studio in Miami for musical theater in Spanish because mm -hmm. she was working for Univision and was doing all these children's segments like kids segments on the weekends and they didn't have enough talent so why don't mm -hmm. we open up a studio and kind of train children to do this and that happened maybe when I was seven and it wasn't until I was nine that I felt no longer shy enough to step into the room and start dancing and acting and wow. then, you know, it never ended from there. <laughs> okay. So at that point, you knew you wanted to be a dancer or, or an entertainer of I think of I think my love for, for singing and acting was still really, really up there with dance mm -hmm. at that mm -hmm. age. Um, okay. It wasn't until I was like 15 that I was like, ooh, focus over here, you know? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember what it was when you were 15 that helped perpetuate that that focus? It was. I mean, it was so many things. Even growing up, I always thought I would end up in New York, not LA. Like Broadway was the number one goal. But um, when I was 15, I was in high school. I was dancing in high school, and I was choreographing here and there, little things. And mm -hmm. I started just really falling in love with with dance and mm -hmm. what I could create with it. I was still acting and doing things, but. I started falling in love with it more and then Britney Spears and, and Sync <laughs> and mm -hmm. Janet came into my Same. life and Co sign. <laughs> oof. And you know, YouTube wasn't that big back then. So it, it must but have been TRL probably, was. It, it sure was. But uh, Britney's um Britney's tour Onyx, I think it was, mm -hmm. kind Push of really Onyx. changed it for me. Yeah. Just seeing the dancers mm -hmm. and I idolized them. Like Brooke Lipton, mm -hmm. I was like, I want to be her. She's incredible. Mm -hmm. Sunny, Sunny Walters. Like mm -hmm. they, was Amina, that kind of gave me. Was Amina on that tour? You know, what's crazy is I got, Amina was on Femme Fatale with me eventually. And I could not believe that I was dancing with her. It was just ridiculous. Oh. I also danced with Brooke, but um, mm -hmm. Brooke was more around. Amina was still kind of already oh no she she's a dragon she's oh. she's a magical dragon <laughs> she really really is she elusive really is but and mysterious and powerful i think i i think being a backup dancer started becoming really really like sought out 
after watching mm -hmm. Britney. Before that, I still mm -hmm. thought like I could be in Broadway and be like my own, you know, artist and, and didn't really uh, connect with being a backup dancer. And then mm -hmm. after seeing these huge production shows, I was like, oh, wow, this is special and really mm -hmm. important. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that leads me. So 15-ish, you're like, okay, dance deserves the focus. Backup dance can be a career. I want to do that. I want to be involved in those things that I look at and love. Here's a tough question. Are you ready for this uh, tough question? Yes. Who first tough question of the session? <laughs> Not the only one. Um, oh, do you still want to be a dancer? Oh my goodness. I will forever be a dancer. I love dance so much. And anytime something feels slightly off in my being, I assess and I say, Kat, have you moved? And it's mm. usually, no, you haven't. And boom, there we go. We dance and we feel better. So I will forever mm. be a dancer. But since 2018, I fully shifted to just choreographing and teaching. And I mm -hmm. did two dance jobs, like through mm -hmm. those 2018, one 2019, then COVID happened. And I was like, cool, we're on the right path because mm. here we go. We're going to make, <laughs> we're going to make new things happen, you know? So yes. I think I'm forever going to be a dancer. I do miss the stage a lot. Um, mm -hmm. It's a feeling that, you know, you can't get anywhere else. Um, but I somehow get the same butterflies when I need to, like, uh, demonstrate my choreography for my students. And I know that mm -hmm. they're all, like, excited and, like, counting on me. And I feel this, like, added pressure. And mm. I get to perform. So in ways, I get that, you know? Oh, hell yeah. But... But yeah, the stage, I think, is what I miss and wish I could hold on to forever. <laughs> I think I'm with you, my friend. Yeah. And I do. I feel a similar rush to the performance, like, backup dancer type rush. I feel a similar rush to when I'm leading my own class. And I feel mm. like I have more uh, more agency, like I'm at the steering wheel versus being a really cool passenger. You know, when I'm teaching my class, I know I'm driving. And that's a different sure. kind of power there's a different kind of like freedom and absolutely so yeah I love it I've been enjoying very much I you know I've always loved teaching I'll actually take it back I have not always loved choreographing mm. if I, I I say a lot that if I could teach other people's choreography forever I would <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I've become a choreographer because I love teaching and I have to teach mm. something so um that's an interesting like kind yeah. of caveat to me have I mean, you always loved choreographing well that's that's interesting because I started choreographing when I was maybe 18 professionally in Miami mm -hmm. I was just doing all the award shows all of the music videos all of the things and it was an interesting time too because artists didn't Latin market artists didn't have dancers they would like come to the network and do maybe like seven of the shows to promote their song so the network would then be like cat can we get four girls or six girls or two guys four four mm -hmm. girls and then we would you know promo the song on all the tv shows the morning show the night show the, 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 you know mm -hmm. and so it was it was a lot of work but it was a very interesting um dynamic because we never rehearsed with the artist so yeah i my choreography was very very like always the same in my mind, verse, chorus, verse, switch mm -hmm. sides, mm -hmm. chorus again, bridge, you know, like it was a right. You had to build it as a puzzle so that it could fit yes. different formats. Yes. And the award shows back then in Miami, I mean, still just Latins are just so extravagant and bright. And there was always props and crazy costumes. So it was fun. It was fun to always have some sort of, um, box and I and I talk about the box now a lot and I, I'm always like trying to get out of the box right I want to be free <laughs> but mm -hmm. I think when you choreograph it's nice to have some sort of guidelines because it gives oh, you like sure. you know it gives Creative you a space confines. yes yes so mm -hmm. I started choreographing very very young um still when I moved to LA I was still doing some of the award shows but I was so just resistant I just wanted to dance and if mm -hmm. a choreography job didn't you know add up in my calendar, I would just turn it away and turn it away. And I did so much of that. Um, mm. I was just so focused. I want to be on stage, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. still I was, I was assisting and assisting so many people still choreographing, but it wasn't my stuff. 
And mm -hmm. I wasn't teaching because I was like, whoa, everybody's amazing here. What do I have to teach? So I still hadn't fully connected with that part of myself. And I think mm -hmm. now it's the most inspirational part of choreographing for me, getting to do my combos for my students, thinking of what's going to help them, what we can work on now, how I feel. All of it has become so much more intuitive and uh, it feels good that now mm. I love choreographing. I think when I started doing it, I didn't even really know what it was, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> to be really honest. It was just what high is demand. It? I mean, like, what is it? <laughs> right. Right. It, for so me, true. it's always different. For me, it's whatever the project calls for. And in our world where, you know, different project every two days, it's all, my answer to that question, what is choreography, is always different. It right. really depends. It's so true. Yeah. It is oh, so true. Love... Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> so you found this voice and this, this thought that like, oh, now I have something to say. I've found my voice. I love teaching. I enjoy choreographing. I have all this experience. Truly, my friend, when I think of you, I think born in Chile, raised in Miami, danced for every artist <laughs> under the sun. That's like, that's kind of in my brain, the bullets of your <laughs> bio. <Wow>. Um, <laughs> so tell me now, as you've like found this voice and this, this like, um, willingness to offer all that you have to offer. Mm. You created Formula. Yes. This is your business. Tell me about it. I want to know all the things. Oh, my gosh. It's my business, Dana. That's so weird. It literally mm -hmm. was. It's never had that intention. I don't even know what it was. I remember I've always kind of mentored people. I've always taught. I've always called my friends and been like, I have an idea, meet me tomorrow. I, I want to do this video. Like the creative, the, the wanting to share it with people has always been there. Um, mm -hmm. And then COVID happened and I started teaching all these live classes, which were kind of interesting because you don't see anybody, but you're just like dancing by yourself. And they, a lot of people were joining and, and then I started doing like zoom classes and like free zoom classes, you know, like, let mm -hmm. me know if you want to take, here's the code. And, and it started kind of picking up and I was like, Oh, I want to create something with this. Maybe I can create a mm -hmm. training program. And it just kind of happened in the most organic fast. Like I remember I went to bed mm -hmm. one night and I woke up the next morning and I looked at Kelvin, my partner, and I was like, formula, but with a you, because you're the formula. And he's like, what? I'm like, that's what we're going to call it. And he's like, okay. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it just like, Oh, kind of happened so organically and each program has been different and I think that's because the dancers and the people who have joined me have inspired me and have taught me so much as I'm going you know mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. really been incredible I think I've had over 120 dancers be part of it mm -hmm. now we've done two virtual four virtual wow four virtual um and like five in studio, it's just mm. been crazy. <laughs> Hell yes. I love this uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it started fast, but I am still so curious because even you took pause when you said like, I have a business. This is what you have. Yeah. This is what you are. You are add to now your many titles, including hairdresser, a business woman. <laughs> and I would love to hear if you received any really great business advice or any advice that you are glad you did not take like any shit wow. advice that you're like oh yeah dodged a bullet there so I think one of the best advices I received and continue to have to resort to is the the part of the what I'm charging what this costs what is attainable mm. it's it's a very difficult thing for me because in my heart I'm like probably the people who can't afford this are the people who need this and really want this. So like, how do I reach them and not neglect them? Um, and I like one of the biggest things that I, I was told, and I reached out to a couple of my friends and teachers and people who do programs and whatever, you know, all the things that people are doing now, I reached out to a lot of people. And the number one thing was, if you're okay with what you're charging and what you're making with it, that's where you need to lead from because another thing was like i don't want to undermine um my peers like i don't want to mm -hmm. make it seem like i'm trying to charge less to get you know more people or it, 
You don't oh, want to undercut. My gosh, the charging has always been difficult. And there is no base for this. There's no like teachers alliance rates that you go with. You know, it's it's all very, very new. Kevin Maher is always top of my list. I'm like, friend, help me. What are your thoughts? Like, he's a really good one. Um, I actually have been helped by a lot of students who have taken different programs who can give me perspective on things. Um, but yeah, the the advice to like, Follow whatever you feel good with. If it's if it's good for you and you feel like that's enough for you, do that. You know. But I think what keeps me always, um, what helps me with perspective always is talking to others about it. Because mm-hmm. most of the time, my friends are like, "You need to charge a little bit more," or "No, that's great," or "Think about this." And I love the perspective because it gets a little bit difficult because um, mm-hmm. it's weird. I'm teaching Especially you. How when do you... I put a number on that? You know, like yeah. I'm sharing my life and experience with you. How do I put a number on what that costs? That's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think there are a few things that make it weird. Number one, well, there's one thing that makes it weird, and that's the way we're thinking. When we think, A, this should be free. Like that was one of your first thoughts was like, I want people to have this. And I know my audience isn't taking baths in money, like my audience is up and coming dancers. So you have this thought that's already kind of a, um, I I don't think it's bad to have emotional money thoughts. I actually think your emotional, like your gut and your instincts regarding money is more valuable than a lot of people think it is. Mm. I think that a lot of times our gut is right. But when your brain (laughs) is saying, this should be free, (laughs) your business model is going to (laughs) be... Not the uh, one. Not, not the, one. the one. Not not the one. Not going to demonstrate a lot of growth. Um, so that's it's something that I true. think a lot of a lot of creative people have to face at some point because we believe so much in what we're doing. We believe there's a need for it in the world, and we believe somewhere in our in our core that it should be free. And switching to the model that's like, no, 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 what I am offering is valuable, yes. and my audience is willing is wanting my audience is asking begging for what i have to offer that mentality switch has been huge for me and it sounds like big for you as well yeah i actually took um at the beginning of quarantine i took a manifesting class Mm. this woman named lena she's amazing she's friends with my friend jamie um who's now also a life coach and is like teaching manifesting and one of the things was kind of like where we briefly talked about it was money and like people's attachment to money and how that makes them feel. And like, if you're operating from a place of lack, or if you're operating Mm -hmm. from a place of abundance, so Mm -hmm. all those kind of things all were happening at the same time and really helped Mm me um, ground myself in what felt right, what Mm -hmm. made sense, you know, and, and it's still, it's an ever- an ever going process because every time a new yeah. pro- uh, program comes up, it's different and it differs a little yeah. bit. And I'm like, cool, mm-hmm. how are we moving here? But yeah, it's valuable what I'm teaching. And I know that it's my livelihood and I'm a businesswoman, mm-hmm. right? So yes, it's, own that. it's important to, yeah, I need to. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think on the subject of money, my school of thought is that money itself is neutral. Any dollar amount is exactly that dollar amount. It isn't good. It isn't bad. It isn't right. It isn't wrong. We will think thoughts about that that will make us feel a certain way. Those feelings will help drive our actions, and our actions will give us the results of our life. Mm. Where I have a hard time with some manifestation coaching or philosophy is that, like, if you will it, it will happen. If you right, right, right. tape a dollar bill on your ceiling <laughs> and look at it first thing every day, it'll just rain down money on your life. <laughs> I right, disagree. Right. I very much Where's disagree the because the action is what's yes. so important. And part of 100%. the action, as you like, so as you illustrated, is that this will change. This is a process of trial and error. You might yeah. actually decide on the value of your program that you feel great about. And nobody sign up. Absolutely. And then you're like, okay, let's reevaluate. Or you can Absolutely. decide on a value and sell out in 10 minutes and be like, ooh, okay. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I could have added a zero to that and For sure. gotten the same amount of money with more attention to the individual, Absolutely. which, which so- anyways, for me is valuable, but. 
it's funny you mentioned that because the first two programs, virtual ones I did, I only had 16 students each. Mm-hmm. And, and then the and second two. Oh, uh, no, I mean, everybody has paid, but it was okay. a lower rate. But the first one. Oh, yeah, I've never done it for free. But the first group I asked them after giving feedback, what do you think about the rate based on what you mm-hmm. received? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I got so much feedback. So then the following that, okay, I'm going to pick 28 people and this is going to change a little bit here and the rate's going to change there. So a lot of it really is the relationships I think I'm building with um, these dancers, these students, these humans, right? And how much they're helping me too. I'm like, I've actually never done this before. So you need to give me the feedback so I can continue to strengthen what I'm offering here for people, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm so so curious about... Um, let's talk about criticism and feedback really quick. Mm-hmm. I am sort of of the thought that like you kind of take the good with the bad or take none of it. I I went through some like in the early YouTube days when I was dancing with sexy male pop stars. I received some <laughs> who's that fat girl on the left or get your hands <gasps> off my man. Like I really read those YouTube comments and felt like they were right and felt like I was bad and felt like so terrible. So I have like, I have gone to both sides of the extremes when it comes to feedback. But right now I am all about it. I'm like, tell me all the things that you think. They're they're, at the end of the day, they're your thoughts, but I love hearing feedback. How do you deal with criticism or how do you deal with negative feedback? So, okay. So basically, One of the main things I tell my students all the time is um, we live in this crazy social media world where validation is just so, oof, so there all the time and so scary, right? Mm-hmm. So other people's perspectives start really becoming your own if you are not grounded in what you feel. In if you don't what believe your that your own thoughts is. are more valuable than other people's. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. One of the main things I tell my students all the time is you can't you can't rely on the positive feedback that I give you because then that means that the negative one is going to feel the same. So if I'm telling you you're amazing, you're amazing, you're amazing, and the one time somebody says you're not amazing, it's going to feel this huge thing because you take other people's feedback right? So, oh my gosh, I'm getting all these likes or everybody liked how I looked here. If you give that so much value, then the same way you're going to just crash and burn when something's Mm -hmm. negative in that aspect. So I like to hear feedback because it gives me perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, and I always have to check in. I have to read, I have to think, I have to say, how do I feel about that? Where does that do those words touch me? Do I feel like I relate to that or am Mm -hmm. I missing something? And I, it takes time. It's not just like hear the feedback and move on with it. I have to actually give it a moment to settle, to digest, to process, mm-hmm. to see how I feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for the most part, more data, like more reference points is more better. <laughs> Having more <laughs> perspectives gives you for a sure. fuller view of of what it is that you're doing. But perhaps value like weighing your own evaluation of your work your product whatever it is is in my opinion more important because no one knows your product you your service yourself no one knows the most important you do yeah Mm. yeah and you know it's crazy because growing up not growing up, but I guess here already in LA, I remember I was already booking jobs and I was seen, you know, with my peers as somebody that was respected, right? Or that people were like, oh yeah, cat, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. she's doing the things. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because that's what they were experiencing of me. But inside, I kind of o- always through that time, it must have been like four or five years, kind of didn't feel good in the things I was doing. I was booking the jobs, but I was so not sure of who I was, right? That I was getting the validation, but it, 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 sure. But it was on the outside and inside. I was like, who am I? What do I move like? What am I doing? Like, I don't know. And (laughs) probably from the outside, nobody would have ever seen the change. But for me, when I finally went, how do I want to move and who do I want to be? And what is my voice? 
everything became more enjoyable and changed for me. So Mm. it's funny because it's exactly what you're saying. Like if you internally don't know, if you're not connected, if you're, it doesn't matter what it looks like from the side, I still was booking jobs and that still wasn't enough to make me feel Mm -hmm. whole and found, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Right. This is a great example of the validation does not equal the value. Never. So this leads me to my next question. When you are in that place of self-doubt or feeling not connected to your worth or feeling like downright, I'm not valuable, I'm not worthy, I'm not, you know, when, when you're in that place, how do you show up and have your own back? Like, what are the things mm. that you do for yourself to say, you know what, you're not alone, Kat, I've got Absolutely. you. Yeah, I've got your back I mean, and you're worth it and you're worthy. How do you do that? I meditate and I journal a lot. It's mm-hmm. part of my morning routine. It's my favorite part of the day. It really allows me to check in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like doubt is part of my process. So I mm-hmm. welcome it. Mm-hmm. I welcome it with really open arms because I know that when I've reached doubt, I'm at a good place and I need to step away. And then I come back and I go, mm. oh, no, there was nothing to doubt here. Or I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 let's change this. This is not it mm-hmm. yet. So cool. Um, I find it really important. It's part of my process. You know, at Love first that. it used Love to that. be like, I at first I used to resist it and be like, oh, no, I must not be great because I'm having all this doubt or, you know, and now I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. it's absolutely part of my process. And that's with anything that I do. And I, I love creating. So I do all kinds of things, right? All the time I get to that point, I'm like, okay, let it go. Let's walk away, walk away, walk away, walk away, let it go, come back to it. So that's the best way I can show up for myself always. And that's hard for me because I am a go-getter. I am a doer. I am a all in. I am just, and mm. learning to let go and when to let go and when to keep pushing has been one of the, uh, hardest lessons for me to ever learn in my life because I always mm. felt like but I can do more but I can mm. do more and then have you yeah. have you learned it or have, do you feel like yeah. you're the master of this lesson oh, what's the answer master. how I do you know how do you know when you're oh, doing too much or too little so master of anything for me feels like unattainable to be really honest I feel like I'm ever growing and ever changing and ever finding new things um have I gotten a lot better at it yes Oh, yeah. I also think for a lot of my life, I um, didn't really know how to connect to my intuition and to like my gut. And this showed up in the most basic of ways, like two jobs wanting to book me and like the decision of which one I was going to do was always like dramatic and huge. And I had to ask everybody. And like, it was never just like, what job do I want to do? What matters most? So it was always like, well, if I do this one, I'll work with this person, and then I'll connect here. And then if I do that one, but if I don't, it, everything was just so dramatic, you know? So yes, I've somewhat mastered that. The wait a minute, like which direction do we want to go here? And it's crazy because every other aspect of my life is intuitive, you know, has always been intuitive. Like my friends call me the wing it girl. Like I just wing it. I'm like, sure. You want me to cut your hair? Come here. You want me to make you a costume? I got you. Like, I feel very empowered and just like the let's figure it out stage. But when it came to my career, I was so forceful sometimes of like, what decision to make? So that's been the best part, letting go and knowing that in general, letting go is the better option. Forcing Mm. anything is not the best option you know being or being so overly strategic that you don't give your intuition an opportunity to weigh in absolutely Um, yeah oh yeah oh yeah i i want to back up also to something that that you said i think it was worth underlining that it isn't about doing away with self-doubt it's about doing well with Mm self-doubt is about Mm -hmm. factoring that into your creative process and saying, oh, this is the part where I wonder if it could be better. This is the part where I think about the ways I could do things differently and if that would have a bottom line, you know, positive or negative result. Um, 
versus like, I'm feeling self-doubt, I must be wrong. I'm feeling self-doubt I'm, I, I, and I shouldn't be. I'm feeling self-doubt and other people probably don't. Like Mandy Moore probably doesn't feel self-doubt in her process. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but you're like, no, no, no. I'm owning that when I work, part of the time, I will think that it is wrong or can be better. And that is probably a very important part to your process yeah. because that's what makes it in the end better. If you didn't have the thought, could this be better or would someone else do this differently? If if everything you did, you were like, yep, that's it. Perfect <laughs> A plus. You, you might not improve much or, or make things that are, you know, fully really agree with that. And it also, it, it ties in with this like mantra of life, which is like, you don't have to be positive. You don't have to be, you know, life doesn't have to be good. Like life mm -hmm. is the good, the bad, the up, the down. And that's what makes it the most intense, wonderful ride. So mm. uh, always welcoming the, the downs because they're there to teach you. They're there to show you something. And, and that's just so important. Mm. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Talk about it a lot on the pod. I'm all about yes. that full human life experience yes yeah yes oh now <laughs> i want to know um speaking of that negative side of the spectrum what would you say is the biggest sacrifice that you've had to make um in your career slash in starting your business oh biggest wow sacrifice. biggest sacrifice and also work if you don't have one work if you're like Straight yeah up, my life is better now in all ways <laughs> I don't think there has been a huge sacrifice for at least this season. I think, um, I think as a dancer, as a professional dancer, I put my career above everything and anything. And it was later in my life that I started enjoying traveling and, you know, making time for myself and saying no to things that didn't really excite me, even though they were with people that I probably wanted on my resume. So the sacrifice that I see more than anything was my time and how I spent it and what rooms I was in. Um, but again, those things are were what have led me to where I am. So I don't know if, you know, I would change that. Um, mm -hmm, sacrifice mm -hmm. for my work. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you what I've sacrificed. My knees. My knees yes. have been very, my very friend. sacrificed. My friend, ooh. <laughs> Wait, did my you right hear one. knees? Okay, great. Okay, great. You're you're with me. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I'm let me with tell you. you what's what's really interesting and what has been. So 2022 is my wellness year. That's what I'm I'm calling it because I've been teaching heels now for a couple of years. Which also, what like what is heels? Like, tell me. How is heels a style? I, I'm still very confused on it, and I'm <laughs> I've, I've stepped into it, and it, as I stepped into it, I was like, okay. We're here. You're a heels teacher. People want you to teach heels, but what is this? So I've had to kind of understand what it is for me. And and mm -hmm. in that, I'm, I'm realizing, especially from teaching from home, like now I have a dance studio in my home with sprung floors. But when it started, I was just in my living room in my old apartment, like not good for the body. And in talking to, you know, holistic chiropractors and acupuncturists and everything, they're like, you should not be dancing in heels. So... <laughs> it's led me to really try to understand what is missing in my training to uh, kind of support this thing that I'm mm -hmm. doing and that I'm teaching. So I've been learning mm -hmm. a lot about what muscles I have never engaged glutes. Um, Medial glutes what specifically, that, I'm yes, showing you out. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. You know, quads are strong. And I've gotten injured a lot in the past year and a half knee things mm -hmm. and hip things oh, yeah because we're not 18 and... anymore <laughs> your body's not at all no and this is what i wrong. told my students i'm like you guys are in your 20s and you've been dancing in heels you're not going to make it to my age because i didn't start dancing in heels until recently when you're my age you would have been in this a decade on heels like your body's not going to be okay so that's been huge for me uh learning a little bit more about how to support my students in what muscles, what things, how they can take care, better care of their body to be dancing in a foreign heel, you know? Mm -hmm. So my mm -hmm. knees have been sacrificed. My hips have been sacrificed, but it's for the better good. 
because I feel mm-hmm. like now my my all my students are not going to sacrifice those parts of their Huge. bodies. Huge. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, I, I do want to talk about heels for a second because I think for a really long time, and I talked a little bit about this with Leanna Blackburn, um, mm. this notion of being so resistant when I was a young, I'll call myself a young backup dancer, so <laughs> resistant to want to play it sexy. I mm. thought that that was a cop-out. I thought that that was, you know, not founded in any sort of, like, technical prowess. I just thought, like, oh, you're just, like, flipping your hair and it's rubbing your hands on your own body? Like, no, thank you. I want to do it the hard way. I want to do it like the right. boys do it. And that was this <laughs> story that I told myself, which was truly to protect myself from the feeling of incompetence when I put heels on and tried to do stuff. It was so Mm. hard, and it Mm. is. Um, And I think it took me a long time to find my answer to the question, what is sexy? And we might still be asking the question, what is heels? (laughs) Like, what is heels, (laughs) the style? But I would love to know what you think sexy is and what you... You know, I I would consider your personal style and your style of choreography very sexy. Um, Mm. What what does that mean to you? I mean, sexy to me feels like, I guess, the easy answer is confidence. Like, Mm -hmm. just showing up and being fully there for yourself. I think it's, it's weird to be sexy and not feel confident right but I also believe that confidence is vulnerability so I'm like ooh, what is sexiness and sensuality really um I do know that we are definitely definitely living in an era of like overly saturated sexiness and movement and dance and all I can you know try to tell my students more than anything is moves sure are sexy you know if you flip your hair from the bottom and come up slow sure the move is sexy but the truth is if you're not really feeling sensual from the inside it's just a move until you arrive you know so to me being sexy feels like feeling good in your skin feeling good in your vessel and being able to to utilize it and to move slowly sometimes and move strong sometimes and all of that is so sexy to me you know I love this answer (laughs) I think when I when I think about sexy (laughs) I don't know where I got this um analogy or reference but I don't even I don't think it was a video or a person maybe it was a a podcast or a book I don't know anyways Someone somewhere in some format made a reference of a bush shaking in the forest. You know, if if you're looking out at at, at a still forest and something shakes yes. or rustles over here, you look at it and your attention goes to it. So I think mm. that movement by nature is attractive. It attracts our attention. But that For doesn't sure. make it sexy, right? The bush rustling doesn't make me go, ooh, yes, bush. <laughs> yes, bush, you better. <laughs> well, depending on my state of being in the forest, <laughs> my tradition, my, my typical state of being in the forest is not excited to be there. <laughs> that is hilarious. So um, kind of kind of an indoor cat over here. But um, I, see, I, see. I think the difference that that you're underlining is like, how does the bush feel about yes. moving? How embodied yes. is the bush in that movement? Because that is, like, that's the difference between being attractive and sexy. When we, you, you and I live in L.A., our, our nine to five is attractive people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people who are moving all the time, people who are constantly at the gym, people who legitimately oil their bodies down. I remember the boys on tour with Mariah Carey. I think it was the guys out with Mariah. Used to call it scream cream. <laughs> baby, oh, like baby oil on their body. They baby it oil. Cream. Anyways, oh, gosh. Attractiveness so does not do it for me anymore. Yeah. It has to be sexy. It has to be embodied. And I think your 
your point about confidence, 100%. If there's any ounce of insecurity, I am that much less attracted to yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. Um, I agree. And it's funny yeah. you said what you said of your thoughts of like what being sexy was, because I had those same thoughts, even though I was living mm. in it, right? So I was mm. getting hired to be the sexy girl. But inside, I was like, <sighs> I want to still be like, looked at as like a real dancer who trains. So I think I even had that kind of connection mm -hmm. to it. Like, if I flip my hair, I'm gonna, I need to be real good then at flipping my hair. And it's got to be more than just flipping my hair. And like, what are my shapes? And what's my body doing? And I, it started making my me hyper aware to all of it, because I didn't mm -hmm. want it. I didn't want. And I tell my students this a lot, like, your choices and and in how internal you want a movement to be or how large you want a movement to be should not compromise the power of that movement and how it was choreographed. So we think soft and we think marking soft, but soft can be powerful, you know? So it's, I think I had the same exact thoughts that you had. And because of those thoughts, I have been able to really, really make sense of what my voice in. And I want to look powerful when I dance and I want to look in control and I want to hold my energy and have people be like, what is she like? Where is she going with that? You know, and that's like the, the give and take always being able to work always from within and know where I am going to put my power without compromising the movement or myself, you know? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> for, I think for me, my my balance point, you mentioned like texturally soft and strong mm -hmm. um, or in control or like unpredictable kind of being mm -hmm. polarities there. Absolutely. I think where I love to um, slide the dial between is you, the audience member, can't yeah, yeah, do yeah. this. <laughs> like, you can't okay. do what I do. I am yeah. absolutely better than you. <laughs> <laughs> but on the other side of that spectrum is you can do this. I'm inviting mm. you. I'm begging you to dance mm. with me. So absolutely. somewhere in between I'm special and you can do this too is where I love to, yes. to flirt. Is where it's, inviting. To it's inviting. It's mm. inviting, but don't yeah. be confused that this is easy. <laughs> don't yeah, don't be confused. I've trained and dedicated my entire yeah. life to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you yeah. absolutely got this. Um, Join us. And I think that comes from my preference. I've actually I know exactly. It comes from my preference and my preference comes from my insecurities, <laughs> which mm. were for the longest time I was not the best turner. I did not have the best legs. I was not the best with control. And I didn't have crazy high jumps. Couldn't do acro stuff. Um, so I, I was not what we would call a tricks type of person. Yeah. And so when I watched people perform, I was like, oh, cool. You can do tricks. Good for you. But that wasn't what gripped me. It was this. Sure. Like, it was the, the other. The other. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I like to live. Thanks for entertaining that imagery with me. Now I'm firmly in my in the cockpit of my mind, like oh, sliding lovely. dials and levers. And yeah, oh, we have the coolest job. Do we not? Yes, we really do. We really do. We really do. Um, well, my friend, I, I could truly talk to you about dance and all the levers in the cockpit forever. Um, but I think perhaps this is a good stopping point for now. I would love to to do this again sometime and wish you all the best with Thank Formula. Thank you so much. Um, you are doing events now, not just in L.A., but also Miami. Yeah, so I'm going to Miami next month. I'm doing a two-day intensive, and then I'll be doing a seven-week intensive in L.A., Sweet. That leads me to the summer and then the fall cool. monthly membership all year. Yay. <laughs> nice. Okay. I will be sure to link to Formula and all thank of the ways you. we can find more you in the show notes. Um, thank you so much again for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. 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 All right, my friend. What'd you think? 
I hope you are feeling inspired and sexy and confident. And um, man, oh man, I, I really think my biggest takeaway from this episode is that validation does not equal value. I've been thinking a lot about value, a lot about prices, a lot about, you know, amounts of money lately. I think my win last week was that I uh, completed my first ever budget for Words That Move Me. And um, I'm very proud of that. But I have been thinking more about dollars in recent weeks than maybe the average week. So I think that this is important. Validation does not equal value. I also think it's important to focus on creating something valuable, putting it out there in the world, and then deciding how to price it. That will be an ebb and flow. That will be something that you maybe try and then have to try again. And then the product will change or the service will change or the times will change or the audience will change and you will be changing. I hope that if you're a person who finds yourself stuck at that evaluation point where you are trying to decide how to value your product or service, I hope that this episode gives you a little bit of a roadmap, if not at very least some courage to just try something. I think there is tons of value in getting feedback from your community. You can learn so much by asking. <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculously simple, but it is ridiculously simple. If you don't know something, ask and you shall find out. That is all I have for you today. Now get out into the world and keep it sexy as you are keeping it funky. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. This podcast was produced by me with the help of many. Music by Max Winnie, logo and brand design by Bree Reitz, and a big thanks to Riley Higgins, our executive assistant and editor. And also a massive thanks to you, the mover, who is no stranger to taking action. I will not stand in the way of you taking action. I will not, cannot stop you from downloading episodes or leaving a review and a rating. I cannot keep you from visiting thedanawilson.com to join our mailing list. I will not ban you from my online store for spending your hard-earned money on the cool merch and awesome programs that await you there. And of course, if you want to talk with me, work with me, and make moves with the rest of the Words That Move Me community, I will 100% not stop you. Visit thedanawilson.com to become a member and get a peek at everything else I do that is not a weekly podcast. Keep it funky, everyone.